for stopping by. Glad to have this man on. He's the editor-in-chief of the Jewish News Syndicate, JNS.org. It is uh, Jonathan Tobin. Jonathan, how are you? Good to see you. Well, I'm fine. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you on and other people from your organization as well. Really, really great reporting. We love reading what it is that you do and uh, what it is that you report. Um, uh, we just talked about this a minute ago. You have not been in Israel since the attack of October 7th. You're planning to go soon. Do you already know what to expect when you go home or when you go there? Yeah, um, obviously, um, as the editor-in-chief of uh, an international uh you know, a news operation. I'm in touch, you know, every day, you yes. know, every, every other hour with uh, our people on the ground there who are dealing with it both, you know, as uh, covering it as well as dealing it within their personal lives. So, yes, I'm I'm, I'm ready for it all. Yeah, and I, I can bet. And uh, I've talked to a couple of the people that work for you in, in recent weeks. And again, great reporting and great information. Here's the problem here. And you're you're here now in America. Um, the problem is, as you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of people that are protesting and rallying for Pal- what would be Palestine. There is no Palestine, never has been. But um, they're, they're rallying for the Palestinian people, even though the Palestinian people are the ones that voted Hamas in. How do, how do you deal with that dichotomy? You know that the people that are, that are out rallying or protesting are probably pro-Hamas, probably anti-Israel at even existing, but there are a bunch of other people that are with them that don't know anything, and they're just going along with what they hear and what they think. How do you deal with that? Well, I think, you know, listen, the mob mentality is uh, something that we've seen, um, you know, uh, we saw it with the Black Lives Matter, uh, mostly peaceful riots. Right. And mass demonstrations of a few years ago, this is the same force driving these demonstrations and these attacks. Um, you know, they are chanting, you know, it's, it's almost a cliche. They're chanting from the river to the sea and globalize the intifada. Yes. They have no idea. They can't identify either body of water. Some of them don't fully understand that what they're calling for is the destruction of the one Jewish state on the planet. Yes. Globalized Intifada, they're basically calling for terrorism against Jews wherever they are around the world. This is open, barefaced anti-Semitism. Yes. You know, there's, there's no getting around it. And um, the, uh, you know, I, I don't so much focus on the dichotomy between, between their, some of their ignorance and these hardcore um, left-wing ideologues who are yeah. driving this. But what we have to understand is that the willingness to accept and listen to arguments that ought to be confined to the fever swamps of American life and that has gone mainstream. You know, it's not just um, these characters running around in the streets of American cities blocking uh, highways and tunnels and bridges and marching on college campuses. Some of these same themes are being echoed in the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post and on MSNBC. Anti-Semitism has gone mainstream. And the reason for it, it's the woke ideology that is driving it. The whole DEI intersectionality, which poses this false analogy between the Palestinian war to destroy Israel and the struggle for civil rights in the United States, this idea that Jews are white oppressors and Israel is a white oppressor state. You know, it's nuts. The conflict in the Middle East isn't about race. Jews and Arabs are the same race. The Jews are the indigenous people of the land of Israel. Yes. Um, You know, it's all nonsense. The majority of Israeli Jews are, by the definitions of the American left, people of color because they trace their origins to the Middle East or North Africa. But it's this belief that um, the whole world must be divided up into two groups. 
white oppressors who are villains and people of color who are victims. And um, they've categorized Jews as white oppressors, and therefore they must be defeated. They must be seen as, uh, as, as people who, are, who must be destroyed and any crime against them, including the horrifying crimes of October 7th that Hamas committed, you know, mass murder, torture, rape, is somehow permissible. And these are people who are calling for it who claim to be human rights advocates. But this is what woke ideology does. It's it's mind-blowing and very, very well explained, Jonathan. Thank you. Jonathan Tobin, editor-in-chief, Jewish News Syndicate. Go to JNS.org. They attempt to make a separation between hating Israel, the government, and loving the Jews, or hating Zionists, I don't know how that's different, and loving the Jews, or secular Jews in Hollywood versus religious Jews in New York that are building tunnels. They're trying to act like there are 18 different factions of Jewish people, whereas I, as a Christian man, know that that Israel was the promised land and is, uh, that, that they are the chosen people who are in Israel. That is historically, geographically Israel. Why do you think they do all this separating of the same people? Is it because if you divide the people, you can pick and choose? I like these Jews, but not those Jews. Is that what they're doing? Well, that's what the Nazis did, too, and the the traditional anti-Semitic trope. Um, We don't buy it. It's obviously, listen, there's one thing that people often say is that don't, you know, I'm just criticizing Israel's government. That doesn't make me an anti-Semite. And, of course, that's true. Um, As I always like to say, seven million Israeli Jews get up every day. And criticize their government for one reason <laughs> That's or another. Right. right. There's 330 million Americans yes. get up every day and criticize their government for one reason or another. But, but Jonathan, as you know, and I think this is the point you're making, they're not just criticizing the government. They want it wiped out. And yes, it's the Jordan River. Yes, it's the Mediterranean Sea. And yes, they don't want Israel to exist. But but right. again, people try to make this separation. I just don't like Netanyahu. That's okay. Oh, and stop killing the Palestinians. Oh, and it's okay that Hamas this. And oh, Gaza Strip is an open-air prison. They try to put it all together when it doesn't go together. Yeah, these are all, you know, these are all scattered arguments. There's yes. they have no coherence. Um, and there's a lot of ignorance behind it. But that's what, you know, when you harness yourself to this neo-Marxist ideology that is wokeism, that is, you know, critical race theory and all of its intersectional uh, various, uh, you know, uh, variants of it, you know, it doesn't lead to any logic, but it does lead to hate. And I think the most important thing we can draw from this is that I've been saying this for years, and it's only in the last few months that I think many in the Jewish community have woken up to the fact that DEI and woke ideology grant <clears throat> grants a permission slip for anti-Semitism. You can't deny that anymore. That's right. been that's the evidence is right before us. The open, horrible anti-Semitism in the streets of our cities and elsewhere is undeniable. But what we have to understand is that, yes, the Jews are, in a sense, the, the, the canaries in the coal mine when it comes to, uh, to what woke does. Right. But this is bad for America. This is destroying America. And to, to want to save DEI or to reform it, no, we need to scrap it entirely. Not, and not just because... It grants a permission slip to anti-Semitism. It's because it's about tearing down America, destroying American exceptionalism, which, by the way, is why America is uh, the greatest home for, for the Jews in the history of the diaspora. 
it's a, it's interesting, Jonathan, because you mentioned intersectionality, and intersectionality is bogus. It's not a real thing. When you see that the queer agenda somehow thinks it aligns with the Islamic agenda because they're both intersectional, which is stupid. Go to Gaza and, and fly your pride flag. I dare you. So yeah. the intersectionality thing always blows my mind. But let's say it's real. The most oppressed people in the past hundred years and well beyond, we can go back thousands of years, are the Jewish people. We always seem to forget that six million Jews were killed for being Jewish. Uh, why, when they complain about possibly 25,000 Palestinians killed by Israel after that horrible attack on October 7th, why doesn't somebody raise their hand and say, yeah, but remember the six million? The Jews have to fight back like this or else it's going to be six million more. They would love to wipe out seven million more. So if there is oppression and intersectionality, how are the Jews not the ones standing at the intersection? I mean, well, you, you see where I'm going with that? I, you're absolutely right. But, of course, you're trying to apply logic to something that isn't logical. Right. In the intersectional mindset, it's all about perceptions of power and perceptions of lack of power. They see, well, Israel has power. Therefore, it must be evil. The people, the Palestinians must be people of color. Therefore, they are the victims, regardless of what they do. You know, it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what Israel does. Israel is a democratic state. It's it's a liberal, small L state where yes. people can, you know live as they like. Gay Arabs, you know, gay Palestinians flee to Israel because right. that's where they can live without you know getting uh, thrown off a roof. They're not going to Jordan or Egypt, and Jordan and Egypt don't want them. You know, here's the yeah. thing that blows my mind, Jonathan. Am I wrong when I say that Israel left in 2005? They left and said, "Okay, have it. It's yours. Go ahead and have a nice day." And if the if the the, the residents of Gaza would have left Israel alone, would we even be talking about this today? There's a there was a ceasefire on October sixth. Yes. The people call for an October if they they want a ceasefire. Well, there yes. was a ceasefire. Hamas recognized their ceasefire. And of course, why, why, why doesn't Egypt want them? Why doesn't Why doesn't Jordan want them? Why did why, in the peace deal in the late seventies? Why did Egypt say no, no, no? You take Gaza. We don't want it. Why? What is it about these people that nobody wants them yet? On this side of the world, we've got a hundred thousand people in Times Square saying that we have to fight for Palestine. Yeah, this is the only um, refugee population that is not allowed to be resettled. That is not, you know, their their welfare is actually nobody's interest because they're just a tool. They're a prop in the war against the Jews. That's why they were forced to stay there 75 years ago. That's why nobody, you know, that's why Egypt closes the gates. They're also afraid of, you know, fundamentalist Muslims. You know, the, the, their enemy, the Muslim Brotherhood, is allied to Hamas. Right. So they have a particular interest in that. But the point is, um, you know, the, the the problem here is a war against the Jews, the war, a, a genocidal war that Hamas has been trying to wage. You, you said it correctly. Israel withdrew every Israeli soldier, settler in settlement in 2005. By 2007, Hamas had turned that Gaza into an independent Palestinian state in all but name that was a terrorist state. Billions upon billions of international aid was thrown into Gaza to try to make it an incubator for peace, or at least a you know a better place, right. and all that money was was spent on building what is you know a, a tunnel system that is larger than the New York subway system. Crazy. And you know people say, well, the Palestinians don't have bomb shelters. They have bomb shelters in in Gaza, but they're for the bombs, not for the people. You know, they're for the terrorists. That's what that's what you know, and they're used as as human shields by the terrorists. That's why. You know, Israel 
risks its own soldiers. Israeli soldiers die because they're not indiscriminately firing, right. contrary to what Joe Biden said, on Palestinian targets. They're very, they do their best to be careful and they risk their own people's lives in a way I'm not sure that America would do. No, so, I, I agree. I want to tell people who you are again. It's Jonathan Tobin. He's the editor-in-chief, Jewish News Syndicate. Go to JNS.org. Very important that you do that. Was it a coincidence that the bad actors were afraid to do anything during Trump? Was that just coincidence? And then did they just happen to have enough money and enough arms to do it under Biden? Or was that purposeful? Were they afraid of Trump? Uh, well, yes, Iran was, it was afraid of Trump. Um, you know, a, a lot of things changed when Biden became president. Um, you know, up, you know, he as much and I have to give him credit. He has said a lot of the right things at times about the war against Hamas. He supported Israel's right to defend itself, right. has supported and continues to support the goal of eliminating Hamas, even though he also talks out of the, the other side of his mouth, trying to micromanage Israel's war right. and to you know make it harder and talking about a solution afterwards, which makes no sense for either side. But everything that happened was set up by um, uh, Biden's continuation of Obama's campaign of appeasement of Iran, right. uh, our problems with the Houthis. You know, uh, Biden made the Saudis stop fighting the Houthis. So that's why they're as strong as they are in threatening our shipping in the, in the Horn of Africa and the, and the Red Sea. That's why that happened. Iran was enriched and empowered by Obama's nuclear deal with them. Uh, and they were emboldened by Biden's attempt to appease them again. And pallets and of money under Obama. Why We just sent them cash on pallets, literally. And so that's what set up October 7th. Uh, Biden bears some responsibility for that. Obviously, it's not what he intended. I, mean, right. I would never claim that he did. And obviously, he's appalled by it now. But the change in policies meant you know, meant all the difference. Um, Trump had a sane policy on Iran. He understood that sooner or later, uh, somebody in the West, America, was going to have to reverse the Iran nuclear deal yes. because that deal guaranteed that Iran would get a bomb. It didn't prevent it. So that had to be stopped. But of course, it was undermined by John Kerry and the Democrats. And now we are where we are. It's, uh, it's pretty sick. It's Jonathan Tobin, editor-in-chief, Jewish News Syndicate. Go to JNS.org. Support all the reporting that they do, which is excellent. Uh, quickly on Hollywood, give me about a minute, minute and a half on Hollywood. Um, uh, the, the DEI, the intersectionality, the CRT, this, this forced wokeism is costing them billions. I mean, I think Disney lost $1.6 billion in a year, something like that, because they had to go woke and wanted to be intersectional and thought that they were going to appease a very small percentage of the population. Part of that was being anti-Semitic, either quietly or loudly. Are they right. changing that? Are they coming to their senses? Are they thinking, well, listen, the bottom line stinks. I better change something. No, I don't see any evidence. Um, I wrote a piece, uh, which I think you're, you're referencing, Yes, where there are new rules for the Oscars, for next year's Oscars, but for films built, made this year, that in order to be considered for a Best Picture Oscar, it has to be diverse in its theme and its characters and its actors. And only, you know, only approved minorities uh, make up that diversity. Now, there was a petition by Jewish actors and filmmakers who said, wait, that's wrong. You're, you're erasing us. You're enabling anti-Semitism. Yes. And they were half right. It was they are erasing Jews. There is anti-Semitism caused by wokeism in Hollywood. But the answer is not to include Jews in DEI, like make us part of the approved minorities. Just get rid of it. Tear down DEI because it's tearing down America as well as enabling anti-Semitism. So that's why they were wrong. 
The article is in The Federalist, and it's from about a week ago. Go and find it. His name is Jonathan Tobin. Uh, one last thing, if you don't mind, give me about 30 seconds on this. The whole idea of separating non-secular or, or it's not non-secular secular jews from religious jews is bothersome to me why don't jewish people in america stop voting liberal and for the CR, uh, crt and dei stuff and realize their heritage that they're based in judeo-christian values like the rest of us why is it that they want to be part of the woke crowd well i think uh, you know we could spend another hour yeah trying, i hear you trying to explain that <laughs> Jews vote for liberals because for many of them, that basically is their religion. Uh, you know, for most Americans nowadays, uh, Jews or non-Jews, politics now plays the role that religion used to play in their lives. Right. Um, and for Jews, that for liberal Jews, that already was the case. So, there, you know, for them, even those who care about Israel, it's not a litmus issue test for them. Um, that, you know, it's way down the list, you know, behind all their social justice um stuff which i think is largely wrong yeah. uh, the people who understand this are either who are orthodox or politically conservative and that's the political split split within the jewish community but for liberal jews unfortunately i think some of them are waking up since october 7th since this really upsetting and they've woken up in a world where they didn't understand their former allies people they thought were allies are calling for their for the spilling of their blood so maybe some are waking up but for many you know it's just you know the democratic party is their religion and it would be foolish to expect them to to change it i, I hear you i think that's very well explained uh, jns.org his name is uh, jonathan tobin editor-in-chief jewish news syndicate jonathan come back on again and safe travels coming up okay Thanks so much, and I appreciate it, and I'd love to come back. Okay, very good. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. We appreciate Jonathan coming on. Also, uh, Mayor Trent Staggs, we appreciate him coming on as well. And we've got a lot more coming your way tomorrow. The Free Speech Friday edition of the Joe Pag Show is on the way. Thanks a lot for taking the time. If you missed that phone call from earlier with Tim where he insulted me and I let him have it, you got to go and check out social media tonight, all right? That is Sam. That is Polo. That's Kerry. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night. Bye. This is the Joe Pag Show.